This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rude. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Welcome to... The July 21st edition of One Nation Radio here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I am your host, Rich Latta, of course, here with my co-host, James Boyd. James, what is going on, man? Not much. Just um, just kind of still in uh, a chuckling mood after you explained to me that uh, Kenny King beat Dragon Lee uh, last night. Or was that today? Just now, I believe. Yeah, just yeah, outstanding. Literally outstanding, like seconds guys. before we um, hit record on this fucker here. But yeah. yeah, we got a lot to talk about like, today. Yeah, we do. Um, I'm trying to think. What year is James Harden in right now? He was in the 09 draft, so next year should be year 11. He's going in year 11. So that means Russell Westbrook just in year 11, right? Yes. Right. So imagine like like now all of a sudden you say, yeah, this the year for Russell Westbrook to break through now. This the year. Yeah. Year eleven. Yeah. <laughs> Could you fucking imagine? Anyway, we can move on. I just, I just, just wanted to bring that up, just to let you know how like my, my initial thoughts on this Kenny King push is. Yeah, I've been I, a, I've been a busy man um throughout the last you know week or so in podcast. I was on keeping the strong style. I was on the doc says. Uh you got any features lined up, James? Me? Yeah. Nah. So I need to hit no. you up. You know, we we outsourcing here at One Nation Radio. Um, so. <laughs> look, man. I, look, I'm not even interested enough to have myself on my own damn show right now. So you think people want to hear me? <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, look, I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to line some features up for James. So I'm, I'm gonna just start like calling up uh, labels. Like you know, uh, we got we got this here James Boy feature going for the low right now. Uh, you better get you one. Oh my god! So you gonna take this on me, huh? Yes, you know, rent them out. Is that, wait, wait, wait! Are we too? Are we too? Are we too inside to actually talk about that? I mean, that one I, mean, I mean, it's been ten years at this point, so we should be past the statute of limitations on that. Yeah, like if you, yeah, back then about a smooth decade ago, if you wanted to get the, uh, if you wanted that T Pain feature because that man was dominating the radio, for some people, for some, he was attaching the Tadism tax. Yes. Yeah, oh, that means eight bars on the verse and and the uh, check for the video for the appearance for both of them. I won't say any artists, but y'all can find them. 
Yeah. But um, I mean, look, I mean, Tatum had uh beam me up, you know. Yeah. Bank, uh, you know, Shondre on the beat, Rick Ross, like he he had him one. That that's about it though. <laughs> yep. Had him one, and that's about it. Um. Yeah. Yeah, man, it, that sounds like Ring of Honor for the year as far as like high profile oh, shows and uh, things that. Uh, <laughs> everything going on in the company, but uh, we got a ton to get through today. So, quick rundown of what we're going to be discussing today. Of course, uh, you know all our reactions to the first seven days of the G One. I think it was a little bit uh, better to save it. So this week we got a couple narratives to work with. We got some some fresh conversations to have here. Um, we've got Alexa Bliss freaking out on the fans. Um, for, for, for basically, uh, the, you know, the rest of the world catching up to what, uh, we've been talking about here on one nation radio forever. And she, I, I, James went through her recommended match list today. So, oh, um, man, yeah, man. So that was, that was awesome uh, to see. Um, what else do we have going on? We have Tully Blanchard sh- showing up in AEW, who's now the manager of Sean Spears. That's pretty interesting. Seeing as that, uh, you know, the Blanchards uh, and the Rhodes are eternal rivals. This, this, you know, con- you know, continues yeah. that. I'm going to Raw tomorrow night. So, so we had a, uh, there was a drawing at work, and my buddy Dan received tickets, and he gave me the other one, and we're gonna have box seats at uh, Monday Night Raw for a Raw reunion. I can't wait to check in with you next week to, t- to ask you like. How did it feel to be drawn in by Hulk Hogan? <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to ask you that next week. <laughs> no, nah, man, it's, it's, it's all about awesome over here. But, uh, yeah, and I'm sure we'll, we'll have plenty of other stuff pop up along the way. So, before, like, I guess let's just get it going with the, with the grade one climax. Oh, man. Okay, so where do you want to start? Because I think, um, I mean, you pretty much tackle whatever you want to tackle on keeping a strong style. I had my, I got my shit in at the end of the show last week. So do you want to start from week or uh, from what would that be? Five through seven. Yeah, we, we, we can do that. And you know, just overall, like overall, who's, okay. who's been like, uh, who's made the most impressions on you uh, thus far with these matches? Ooh. Um, as far as like impression compared to their reputation or just impressions in general, because I mean, I mean, it's, we're, it's we're usual think, suspects, right? Like we're talking about top performers, and also you know okay. people that'll surprise you. Oh, well, well, yeah! Right now, the top performers right now are the people you expect going in: uh, Will Osprey and um, Tomohiro Ishii. Um, I mean, you also have Okada as well as, an, as another. Oh, shocker! He's also you know has you know two bangers. Um, I would say right now. Uh, Sonata, he's up there. Uh, Abushi, he's, um, as well. Uh, I mean, right now, we're at a spot right now where, uh, it's interesting to see the Jay White thing. Like, he's behind eight ball, so you know what that means. He's gonna reach down deep and cheat more. (laughs) (laughs) He's gonna... He's going to reach out deep and cheat more. Gato's going to be more despicable. More negativity. Yes. More stalling. Like, that man's about to reel off five straight, bro. More low blows. That man's about to reel off, like, five straight. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I don't know if I'm prepared for that man to go over Moxley. I might just, like, throw my phone or something. 
But oh, if you want to talk about first impressions, it's like, I mean, yeah, I guess we do have to talk about uh, the eventual Observer Most Improved Wrestler of the Year, 2019, <laughs> John Moxley. Like, this is just like we talk about with the NBA, most pro players. Like, nah, you're basically talking about a dude that's under 25 that got like twice many minutes this time. Like, in what Moxley's like, there's a dude that at one point was a good wrestler in WWE and then he was unmotivated or, or, or not in a position to do what he used to do. And now he's in out of WWE and he's even more motivated than before. And he has more or less carte blanche to do whatever the fuck he wants. And what he wants to do is pound the fuck out of people with, with, with knee strikes. So I think, that, I think, you know, this man um, has repossessed his career. He is like, yeah. literally uh, taking control, and I said it, you know, when he left, and you know, the original promo packages and the way he felt in AEW. I, come on, like it's not Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like I'm not saying he's Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? But if you look at somebody with their similar ages, how long they've been in the business, and even Moxley got even more opportunity in WWE than Austin got in WCW, but that same a lot more. Yeah, but that same kind of feeling of like, yo, there's so much more for this guy is there. And what he's mm-hmm. proving, I could imagine how it felt for for uh, people that have followed Steve Austin from WCW to see him, you know, at Survivor Series 96 going through that whole winter fighting Bret Hart again at um, uh, Survivor or at WrestleMania 13 and how good that must have felt for people that follow him for that long and how good it probably felt for mm-hmm. Austin. Like, how good does this feel for Ambrose right now? <laughs> I mean, at this point, I'm just holding, hoping that, like, he can hold up because, you know, I'm trying to think. The the Juice match, the Janela match, and the Ishii match, like, those would be, like, you know, as far as single matches goes. He keeps having the best ever, matches of his ever, career he, over he, and he, over. He, yeah, he keeps yeah, pretty much. He keeps having like the very best matches he's ever had, especially the the, the Jay White and the Ishii match. And the Ishii match is another whole thing because like it proves that like oh yeah, that dude is on par. Like if you can't have a banger with with Ishii, then you need to leave this business. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if you can't have a banger with Ishii. Like, there better saying, be yeah. a great reason and it better be like okay like we sandbagged the match on purpose because we were trying to get to another point like some jay white shit or oh like he's young that person's only been wrestling for like two two three years or, or whatever else like outside of that or like oh he has some type of injury outside of that really like if you can't make it work with that dude then like i don't know who you can make it work with so i'm sorry like you know I wish you the best of luck, and you and I hope you find some creative ways to make yourself, you know, a lot a lot of money in this business. But like, you know, the big you are not a big match performer if you can't make it work with Ichi. You just not <laughs> because that man can work Mick Harden up as as well as anybody in the world. And I mean, so yeah, I I I think that it was really cool, and their match was not their match seemed to be a fitting for both of their characters where. Ishii don't give a fuck. He'll do anything. And then like Moxley is has a similar vibe, except like he wants to bite your. Oh, well, he wants to bite your face, literally. So that's and they took it there. I'm feeling so vindicated. I'm feeling so validated about <laughs> uh, Tomohiro Ishii and, and selling out the way I have been these last couple months about 
Why don't people appreciate this man as one of the greatest wrestlers who ever walked this planet? You like I, I'm I'm circling the wagons and I'm gathering up, you know, my discussion points now and I feel like I'm going to start some trouble uh, in the coming weeks uh, with, with how Ishii looked as compared to how some other people look in this block oh, that look like favorites. And, and, and people swear to God need to main event the, do- the dome and, and things of that nature, right? But this guy, he's a force of nature. I talked on Chad's show about how different he was, and there's barely a historical comp for this guy. <laughs> and... Yeah. He's one of the greatest wrestlers of the decade, and this is what he does. I'm not even shocked that that he's there again as far as match quality and everything yeah. like that. Like it, it's funny because my initial thoughts on the blocks were that it was uneven and and that they block was superior block, but you know, last year the B block was just like Ishi and and Abushi and and uh and um ok- and uh, Kenny and, Naito and uh, Kenny. And That's what I was thinking. I was thinking of Kenny. I was thinking of Kenny specifically. Like the three best performers uh, in the entire tournament were probably all in the same block. Where this one is a little bit more balanced, but it's like you look around and you see Osprey and like who is he going to have a bad match with? Who is he going to have a a non banger with? Who is Ishii at this point going to have a non banger with? Like you can't say Taichi. I've seen him. I've seen him have a banger with Taichi before. Right. right. So, and it's like, okay, so now what's next for, for Ishii on, on the slate? It's like, oh, Shingo, my God. <laughs> right. Oh, another, another Ishii Naito match. I, I've never seen another, I've never seen one of those be great. Right. It feels, mm. like, it feels like, it feels like, you know, that's one of the most, those most underrated series. Yeah. In, in, yeah. It feels like Ishii and Naito is one of the most underrated series in the history of professional wrestling. So, um, like you just see where it's headed is like I can't wait and then like on the other end is like dude like it seems in the A block at least right I don't know what week it is or what night it is but like Kenta Okada's coming and that's gonna be a lot of fun I think it's next okay I okay. think they're both 4-0 and, oh, and they um are going to put it down essentially and um I think Kenta's been I think- really good I think Kenta should beat him. Yeah, he's he's he should beat him. Uh, set up a title yeah. match, especially like the way he has like you know folks booing him and things of that nature. Like I, I don't I don't like looking at the rest of the block. I mean, now that he beat Osprey, what else you gonna do? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and I think Will Osprey is like on some lock it up, throw away the key shit for wrestler of the year at this point. Uh, after the Okada match, he's been great and. Who question for you? If we take if we just put Osprey and just put him to the side, like who else would be candidates for the rest of the year so far? I would think I mean obviously you see like Okada, Ishii and Shingo. Shingo, yep, Shingo. Yep. Um Absolutely. Kota Bushi. Yeah. And maybe Naito. Um I don't know because like so much of that stuff is based on the Abushi stuff, and I'm just like, I, I mean, look, there are great matches, but it is stuff in those matches where like I don't think I'll ever go back and rewatch those. Mm. Even though like it's hard enough to go back and rewatch stuff anyway as it is for some of us. Like I made the comment to you over a week, like it is literally like the the old Nike 
uh, campaign slogan from a few few years ago. It's like basketball never stops, wrestling never stops. Yeah, and, and it's coming to life like all throughout this thing. And um, I, I, you know, I, I, I was dying laughing that Jay White started zero and three and um, <laughs> took that L to not only um, you know Goto who looked like he had trained uh, forever, um, but he also took L's to uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Toriano. Which is hilarious. Um, yeah, man. It's just... Um, I love the G1. <laughs> do you see... Do you see how... Oh, two th- or one more thing I want to discuss after this. But do you see how happy uh, Rocky Romero was after he lost Siano and he had to walk by him? So, that, like, that's one of the matches I didn't like, what, see, what, what, but I need no, to Gato watch was it. Like, what the fuck? Sorry? I didn't see that match, but I need to watch it. Okay. So... They win, you know, the chaos connection between Rocky and, and Yano. And then uh, Jay, at the at the loses, he's like, he looks at Ghetto. He's like, is that three? Have I lost three? And he's like, what the fuck? Man, <laughs> man, Ghetto bet on the wrong they dog. They go and walk, and they, you stupid. So, I mean, look, I can't, look, he better, he better uh, start booking, you know, <laughs> with, it, with the duties I hear, you know, caddying for in mind. Anyway, so they walk to they walk, you know, into the corner. You know how Corey can set up for New Japan. So they go, they walk through the curtains. So the side that he walked out of was uh, he walk he's walking back to is the side that like the English announce table is. So like Rocky is sitting there with like the biggest grin on his face, and right, and then all of a sudden Ghetto walks up and he's like, what the f-? It, it, you know, because you know it's Eng- he can speak English, but his English not great, and he's like cussing him out like what the fuck he smiling about? It was like hilarious, bro. So. But yeah, just I don't have a transition for it. But have you noticed these last two A block nights? Osprey is in Corrigan Hall with Ibushi and Okada, and he's the crowd favorite. Have you noticed that? Yes. Like they're saying Osprey, Osprey. Like you can hear it, and it's bro. He's the one. He's the one, and he might have lost both of those matches, right? It, he's playing with house money. Everyone know, like we're coming to see how great the matches are. How much can you do essentially at this point? What can you, you know, how much can you shoulder? And the thing with him and Abushi, these guys are fucking workers, James workers. <laughs> oh, I'm so not all, buying those thing. injuries that they put out there. That that shit was a story. I. I I was on keeping the strong style last week, and I said, "How do we even know those are pictures of Ibushi's feet? How okay, do we even know?" I, well, hold on, hold on. This is what I'll get at you. Yes, they can very well be working as far as the uh, Osprey thing with the neck. As far as the Ibushi one, maybe he wasn't as hurt as we thought he was, or I thought he was, because one, like people rolled her ankle the way he rolled his ankle on that on that dive all the time. Like, I'm, I'm. Look, maybe maybe it was hurt. Maybe he wasn't that hurt. Either way, I think he legitimately rolled his ankle and and he had to like, basically be grinded get... for the rest of that. And he had to be grinded for the rest of that one match. But after that, like as far as the the recovery and stuff after that, like that could very well have been um, something that they they decided to embellish to you know have it go over. Because because one thing is like as you watch the um, Osprey match. 
he's working his ankle, but he's never actually touching like where the ankle is. Like he's working, like he's working the ankle the same way that like uh, the the Warriors were working Kevin Durant's ankle. I mean, like <laughs> they work like they saying like, oh yeah, it's an ankle. Meanwhile, they out here working. He's out here doing stuff too, like just below the calf. Like nah, bro, that sounds something's misleading here. You're not actually so. I think I think he's actually like hurt, but like not. It, it, it was overstated too I, for a fact. I love it. I love it. Like yeah. I, 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 and I, I believe it was Joe Lanza that said this, and uh, he was like, "This is the new work." Like the one thing that that people still believe in. Oh, fake out Melser. Once you fake Melser, you got everybody. Well, no. Well, it's like once, like the injuries, like because every everyone wants to know, and everyone's so concerned about these guys and and their health. Yeah. So that's the one thing that's left to work people on. So yeah. that's what I meant about working Meltzer. Like, for example, like when the whole story about he found out like, Oh yeah. That whole thing with Matt Jackson's back was, was just, they, yeah. that, he got, they, they scammed him. It was yeah. like, they, so they got a whole year of, you know, doing these psych, psychological matches when people say they couldn't do them. Those like, so, I mean, a lot of it's like, you know, you got to figure out how to get in with Meltzer and then lie. <laughs> And then watching that man's face like a piece of shit, and then people get mad at him. No, none of the pullback comes to you. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I I do want to give a shout out too because we we're talking about each um um Osprey and Abushi. I want to give them a shout out for those two having two two great matches this year, and the second match being better while being less dangerous. So shout out to them. Like I don't know what it is with Osprey this year. But if you had told me Osprey and and, uh, and Abushi are going to have a um, a multi match thing going on this year, and uh, Naito and Abushi are going to have a multi match thing this year as well, and like Naito is going to take it to a part, him and Abushi and Naito are going to take it to a point where it's like I rather not want to see them wrestle ever again, and we're going to also put Osprey there, and then Osprey is going to be like I'm going to take I'm going to learn lessons from this. Like, I never would have thought. I'd been like, nah, they're both going to do this ridiculous shit. I'm just going to be mad every time they wrestle and just be like, I don't know if I even want to watch this shit. So, shout out to them. Yeah, I, um, so, so what were some of your favorite matches? Ooh, um, I really enjoy Sonata vs. Evil. Um, I think they have a better match in them, but, uh, that would require, um, Evil to, you know, fully be evil, right? So, <laughs> And uh, and you gotta and really try to get, you know, sign off on off to that you know that top of the mid card baby face role, you know, possible I you know IC challenger. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I really like the match. I really thought that he needed that win to you know get himself something for you know at the start of the G one. Um, I mean, you know, Osprey Archer was just like was, I probably that's probably the most impressive match for me, um, so far. I mean, I, I actually I like the Archer in Kenta match more than most people. Like Archer, you know that that Killer Lee squash shit was. Shit was shit a was diversion. Dead. Look, it was a diversion. Look, apparently so, because that dude comes out hiding in plain like, sight. <laughs> he, like he's a bad, like he's this badass dude. Um, and he wrestles the way that you want dudes his size to wrestle in this era, like while also still holding on to like the character traits of the mean, tall, you know, bar, you know, dude that'll break up a, a bar, right? So, 
like he, he, he that was my eyes to him in a way that like I mean I I like to think that I'm a fair person. He's a person like when he's coming out there with Killer Squad and he's out here spitting on the crowd like that's fuck shit to me. Like <laughs> now look his hair is fucking terrible, right? Like don't get don't get it fucked up. That that hairstyle is terrible, but like it he, works. He's for wrestling, him. but like yeah, but like this G one was like it was a godsend for him. Like he's gonna get elevated in a spot that we're like. You know who knows how much longer he's going to be in New Japan or whatever else, but like this is going to get him dates outside of outside of or more dates outside of uh, Japan now. Yeah, like he'll be able to show up. Uh, like like where where do we get the Lance Archer PWG run? Like where do we get like <laughs> you know Lance Archer popping in at you know random indie he- uh, X or whatever? Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm just gonna you know Osprey and Okada. I thought was just it felt so amazing watching it um yeah and you are always reminded like of who the fuck okada is because people can come and go people can be hot people can be not hot and in there with him and they feel like somebody and that match they had i don't i feel like they still have a better match in them too like (laughs) which is crazy because it it felt like because it felt very much like they, you know, they they wrestled a slow pace, like the first ten minutes of the match, to where like, but it was good. It just it was a slow, like a like a main event, like one of those. It it was built like a match that was going to go thirty five minutes, but instead went like just over twenty, right? Twenty seven. So, yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah, that's right. No way, wait, wait. I thought the oh, I thought the Ibushi Okada match. I was like, Ibushi, I like was, Ibushi and, and Osprey and, was twenty seven. Sorry. Yeah, 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 that's what I felt on 27. Because, like, like once it said 27 minutes, people are like, oh, my God, they're going to a draw. No, it's not. I'm going to drop this man with a knee. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but anyway, back to um, Osprey and, and Okada. Like, I thought that, like, they paced it like it was going to go longer than, than the 30-minute time limit. But, like, once they picked it up, you know, right, like, around the 11, 12-minute mark, like, it was just fantastic. And then, like, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that this is my – the most impressive outing that Okada's had this year to me that I've seen, like the stuff, he, you know, you watch his matches and you kind of get, um, you get no appreciation for the kind of coordination athleticism he has. You just like, Oh yeah. Like this dude is like water. He can adjust, he can adjust and do anything, but like, you don't see like, Oh yeah, that dude can like flip, you know, like flip out, flip out while like doing gymnastic stuff or whatever was land on his feet. And then like hit you with, you know, uh, rainmakers from any from any angle, right? So like that you kind of forget that at sequence. times with him. Like I, I think they have better match than them, and I gave that match five stars. So <laughs> yeah, I I I had I had it in a I didn't I think I put it at five, but it's more or less like if someone gave it like if someone didn't give it five, I gave it like the, the four and three quarters, I could understand it. But like for me, it's like I'm not I'm I'm, I'm not vanguarding the fives. I'm not, I'm not the five star elitist, so I gave it five. Um, yeah, man, I. I'm trying to I think I broke the, the scale on uh, Osprey and Ibushi. I gave that one five point five. Osprey and Ibushi. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, because think about it, like the opener to Wrestle Kingdom this year was four and three quarters, and it felt like it was somewhere between that four and three quarters, but not really, but not five. Right. Like, it felt like it was. If you could give it uh four in was it be four and seven eights or whatever <laughs> yeah like yeah so 
I can see how like that match was uh I, I, I thought that match was better put together and I also like the stuff that they pulled out together where like from the first um from the Rust Kingdom match where uh Abushi was in the tree of woe and then Osprey slaps him and then like uh, you know, like just because he's upside down does not mean that Abushi ain't dangerous so he he out slaps him and then like they do the role reversal where like oh I remember this from January hold hold yes. this elbow the him the wrong way that shit was like just yeah. violent looking and brutal and like yeah I th- this is this is what I watch wrestling for is this G one so <laughs> okay so I'm gonna ask you I I, I just something that I kind of been thinking about like Kenny Osprey and Ibushi like as far as total packages of in-ring ability and mixed with athleticism are there any is there there anybody else you want to put in that that class Kenny Osprey and Ibushi yeah like you can throw Ricochet on there but like for me Ricochet doesn't like He's not. He can strike, but he's not like he's not. He's not brutal, like because I've seen Kenny right. like like take up the the brutality at times on somebody. Right. I've right. Seen That's Ibushi what I mean by do that. The brutality. I, I haven't really seen Ricochet do the brutality with it, but um, like he can strike, but he won't. But he's not out there like, oh my god, he's out here just eating someone up with, with knees and like he's and, fucking and, someone and elbows, up, like <laughs> and shit. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think those three are are class amongst themselves. If I'm forgetting somebody, please let me know. Um, maybe you have to talk about Neville or Pac in that no. same same class. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though he might wrestle at a little bit slower pace uh, than all three of those guys, like now, but um, I think that's more heel work, though. Yeah, that could be heel work, and yeah, I think I think that's that's class among itself there, and you know. Um, I, w- I would have to think about that, like as far as I mean, we're I mean, we're always like, yeah, like can you like think about like all, in all the wrestling world and and everybody, like yeah, can you come up with, you know, like I mean, eventually I think you know someone like a Bandito will get there, but he's just young, right? Because Bandito, yeah. Bandito's strong as shit, though. Like he's he he has to be up there for pound for pound strongest dudes in wrestling. Yeah, when but I still can't get that Shane Taylor thing out of my, out of my mind. <laughs> he just caught that dude and didn't even budge. Like that was like some John Cena, Cena and Edge shit. Jesus. Um. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a really tough question. Um, just because I'm sorry, I mean, I mean, I meant John Cena, Big Show, and Edge shit from WrestleMania 25. Sorry, go ahead. Just, just because, like, you got to look at who's being able to produce those kind of matches and how often they do it. Because we've seen mm-hmm. Kenny on the New Japan schedule, we've seen Obushi do it, and we've seen Osprey now. Yeah. So I mean, like I'm sure Riddle could reach that level, but Riddle's in NXT right now, and like he's in NXT for now. But once he goes to main roster, we won't be seeing that much that right. much stuff that time. Like yeah, like you, remember that time when he went out there and he just like, decided to just like hit some, knock somebody's block off for you know 30 seconds. Yeah, nah, like, that ain't gonna be happening. Yeah, like the killer Matt Riddle like level does exist. Like he wants to like finish him. Like he, yeah. <laughs> like he can do I that. Mean, right. And NXT does a good job. Um, I mean, even last week. Um, of obviously he's not you know, and I don't think there's really a, much of a place for it in WWE. But the the TKO finish. That, I mean, because he's done that where he made people tap out to to strikes before. But like they did a TKO finish, just um just on Wednesday and it's like that's I like that for for Matt Riddle. 
like I hope they continue that in the main roster. I don't think that's gonna happen because it's gonna be fifty fifty, but <laughs> that's what I would do to try to give him a push at the start. Like he's, he's out here rocking people with like all of a sudden like, oh you just put us he just put a shin across somebody's jaw. Yeah, overall I think I think the G one has just been incredible over the last, you know, week or so. I, I love the scheduling this year, um, to where it's loaded up with weekend shows for uh, and then there's like one or two shows maybe during the week, but uh, you can catch up on it if you're behind. And I think that they've <laughs> they've learned um, from it not being one of the G1s where there's like 11 matches and thir- or 11 nights out of 13 they have matches or something like that. Because that's hard <laughs> for the wrestlers, that's hard for us to watch. And I can appreciate, thank you uh, New Japan for, for doing that for, for your boy. Yeah, so I think the next show is what the twenty fourth, and then the next show after that is twenty seventh. Like, so they're getting some some space from that right now, some rest too. So, um, yeah, man. So we gonna move on um, from from the G one talk to Alexa Bliss. What a, I can't even think of a transition. How you go from the G one to Alexa Bliss? I don't know if um, you know those two things have ever been grouped together before, but we're gonna try here. So. Um, I didn't watch it last week, but <laughs> I, did you did you go back and see this match, James, that everyone's talking about? Okay, so I have only gone back to watch. I've only watched three moments of main roster TV since what was that, the end of May when we stopped watching. Yeah, all right, because we stopped doing the review show, and I was like, I, I'm done. Like, I'll come back eventually if I come back. But uh, I watched those two main event Ricochet, uh, Ricochet and AJ Styles matches, and then I like. I saw it on Twitter. I was like, all right, I'm going to tune in to go see uh, Kabuki Warriors versus the Iconics because, like, <laughs> I, I have a – because you know how much I love Oscar and Kyrie. So, um, like, so that's it. And, and, like, and they fucked so, you, didn't they, James? Yeah, oh, they definitely <laughs> – they, they, they put your ball over a barrel and r- rape. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Anyway, so, so those are my only moments. So, like, but – like I remember a few weeks before this, like they were talking about there was some god awful Charlotte and Lacey Evans match that I that was one of the worst matches of the year. I didn't go back and see that. And like, I, look, if I'm not going back to go see a bad Charlotte match just for the sake of seeing how bad it was, I damn sure ain't going back to see a 24 minute Alexa or 17 minutes of TV time Alexa Bliss match where yeah. she's in the last fall elimination match and went so she had to go 17 minutes. Yeah. No, thank um... you. So they were in Long Island, I believe, and it seems like Nassau? people, yeah, Nassau. Okay. And it seems like people have finally caught on to Alexa Bliss's shit, and in, in these matches, and by by shit, I don't mean like the things she does in the match. I'm talking about the things she doesn't do in a match, which is be exciting, which is be, uh, you know, worth a damn uh, move set wise, which is. Uh, make the audience feel something. No, uh, people came out here and and rightfully rejected her. Uh, and you're like, how dare you go 24 minutes while you know early on the show they they're giving Drew McIntyre and um, Cedric Alexander three minutes to wrestle or whatever. Or really? <laughs> yes. Like they're doing all these short matches. Samoa Joe and Finn Balor going one minute and shit like that. Well- and 
Well, was it? Oh wait, did okay. So I'm assuming that like Drew McIntyre just like squashed Cedric, right? I believe Cedric won. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I, so, I think Cedric won. Actually, Cedric beat Drew McIntyre in three minutes. I think he did. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Like, I gotta say, if they go three minutes in, in like, McIntyre squashes uh, Alexander, but whatever, whatever. Let's, so the let's crowd. go back to the Alexa Bliss thing. Like, to be fair to Alexa Bliss, well, hold on. To be fair to Alexa Bliss, Alexa Bliss is the worst workout of those four that was in that match. Carmella was. Okay, I didn't see the match, but it seems like Alexa caught the heat for it. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, Carmella's first person eliminated. Okay, so she got Alexa. out of there. Smart. Right. That's, <laughs> Smart. Yeah. You stupid. Way to go, Carmella. Carmella so, avoiding, you know, <laughs> avoiding the moves, avoiding the backlash. <laughs> Send her with our truth so, and, and she just becomes likable all of a sudden. Who fucking do? Yeah. Yeah. So, um,. And you know, this is also one of those matches that, like, they stopped and started between, like, the, the eliminations because of, because, so they do the commercials. So, oh like, they stopped, so someone got pinned or beaten, and then they stopped the match, and then they restarted the match once they came back to commercials. So, it was like, you did them no favors. Like, and as much as, as much as, you know, we have our issues with Alexa Bliss being overpushed compared to um, her talent relative to the rest of the, of the women's roster, like, at the same time, like when we have these issues with these people, and we talk about this all the time, like yeah, we have issues with this person, and they overpush whatever else. But like, this is the company's fault, and also while you're overpushing this person, you're not doing them no fucking favors to help them out either while push while overpushing them. It's like, how you how are you going like how are you gonna like help or you know do this for somebody, and then like also say like yeah, we're gonna give you this, but also we ain't gonna do you no favors. What the fuck, like. Can we help these people out? I, I don't know. I, I maybe I'm just thinking it's too hard to like you know do some common sense shit in wrestling. Like I saw what they did with Lashley and Strowman at the pay per view, and it was like the perfect match for both of them. Like they brawl, they're big and strong. They do a bunch of like sports entertainment prop uh, stuff to, to pop the crowd, and they had that that gigantic finish. And then Braun busts through the door or busts through the damn door like or the, the wall like it's Kool-Aid man. Perfect. Like that's sports entertainment at its finest. Congratulations. That's the good sports entertainment. We we more we want more of that sports entertainment events. But this was like you accentuated Alexis Flaws and as badly as you possibly or shine a spotlight on as badly as you possibly could. Like, how does this help her? How does it how does how does overexposing her in a match that long gonna help her get over? Um <clears throat> well, because you know, rest is not her thing. Her yeah, thing Alexa's is Alexa's not over for wrestling. She's over for other things. So right, I mean, and that's perfectly fine. Like, there's a bunch of people like that. That's the reason why we have. That's the reason why managers have helped the business out for for years. Right. Like, there's a, there's a, a a place for that. There's also a place for the chicken shit heel that's not tough. Like we've seen that with Miz, right? Or not physical. We've seen that with Miz, but this. So, so the crowd was know, chanting, man. this is awful, like, this sucks. Yeah. They were giving her all the blues, essentially. She goes on yeah. Twitter after that, and she tweets, just disrespectful. So out of the Seth Rollins yeah. playbook of clapping back at the <sighs> fans on Twitter after your you match. Let me down, you let me down, Brooklyn? Yes. Um, I mean, it, it, to be fair, Seth has gotten better about that over the time. Like, you remember when they shat on his, uh, his Iron Man match from last year? Yeah. 
do you remember what his response was I don't on remember. Twitter after that? I, I don't remember. He literally said five, he's related 10, 9, uh, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. That, that was his tweet. That was it. Like, like you can like know that like I'm acknowledging this, but like I'm not shitting on the crowd. I'm not whining. Like he he's Seth has got uh, on this aspect, he's gotten better about it. Like Alexa, I don't know why she really has an issue of her because I've seen her have quotes saying like she's not trying to entertain you or not she's not trying to uh why you her skill set because she's a heel and then like to get that is like all right so like you ain't really mean what you said you just that was cap yeah she then she's retweeting stuff they asked for the women to be taken seriously and then they began to chant that disappointing from the crowd this is what she retweets so let's not turn this into a the women issue let's let's not let's not turn that into that where do you say that show was at that was in Long Island, New York. The same fucking building as Evolution, James. That's that's where I was getting at. They, they did it in Nassau Coliseum, the same place they had Evolution, the best pay-per-view of the year last year. So I don't want to hear it. That's bullshit. Like, there are plenty of women that went out there and had the match of the year and the main roster was on that fucking show. So I don't want to hear it. Then she said, yes, like, we encourage reactions, cheering and booing chants. We don't encourage people to be rude. So... I, maybe some people should just sit there and shut the fuck up. Then, like, maybe they, maybe nothing should happen. You know what? I don't know, man. Like, I are we dealing with maybe. the most sensitive bunch of pro wrestlers that we've ever fucking seen? Like, how would how um, would she have survived in the ECW I, arena? How would she have I survived would, in 1998? How would she have survived uh, when they're throwing trash at the ring at WCW? Get the fuck okay. out of here, Alyssa Bliss. Okay. Like, so. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that maybe they're more sensitive. I think we have more access into their into their mindsets at, than we ever had before. So, like, we see more of the vulnerability. So, naturally, we're going to see more of the vulnerability and where people got into. And speaking of people being gotten to over this week, like, that includes people uh, that, 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 are, that are doing the wrestling and people that are covering the wrestling. But, yeah, I um, – I th- We're going to come back that, to that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Put a pin in that. But – as far as the Alexa thing is like, look, um, it was a good match, and good matches get shat on. Um, if if you're entertaining the crowd, people are going to entertain themselves, and we've seen that with with Reigns' matches getting hijacked, Seth Rollins' matches getting hijacked. Like, I mean, it. I, I most I can really do for you is like they didn't do start doing the wave. They didn't start you know chanting uh, chanting you know. Uh, the ridiculous stuff they said at WrestleMania 34. So, I don't know, man. I would say welcome to the club. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, we've seen Magic shit on, like, look, we've seen, what was that, after WrestleMania 31, where you want to see a crowd that's really respectful, that crowd yelled, chanting all the women, like, they suck whoever they're dating or married yes. to at the time, whatever else, that's respectful, that's out of line. Them shitting on a match because it wasn't good, par for the course. It's actually, like, it, it I mean, I don't know how. What what else would you want them to do? Like it was an entertaining match, and your feelings got hurt. I understand that. Look, and but, we know the audience in WWE does not have the patience with them. We just saw an AW them run a Brandy Rose Alley match out there that did not get the shit on reaction. Why? Because these people have not burned the audience repeatedly over and over and over and over and over again. So they're gonna sit there and just be the most respectful fans they can because they're rooting for this company now. And oh, 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 and also, these are hardcores that uh, that understand the game. That understand, like, I, I would say these are hardcores that, that are like, like, one, they they're they understand 
they're more understanding, so they're more forgiving to a match not being that good because they kind of understand how good people are to begin with. Where like WWE, you have put on you can go out there and put on a fucking cruiserweight uh, or two or five live match that's that's one that's gonna be the best wrestling match of the night, and they won't react. Like it, it happens. Like they don't they respect star power. They don't respect the skill, yeah. and that's fine. But that's what your audience is, and when that's your audience, like it seems to me that like maybe, a lot of just maybe you shouldn't put Alexa Bliss in a match. Maybe you just maybe you shouldn't put Alexa Bliss in a match with uh go twenty four minutes with Natalia. Like I love you know we have a, a we appreciate Natalia here on on one uh, H Radio, but she's not a star. Yeah, and I think, in a sense that we're like you can put her out there for twenty four minutes and it's gonna be it's gonna be copacetic. Nah, right. And and I think the the deal with with that as far as like when you're a slave to the star power, people can react how they want to your performance. That's that's kind of what happens with this, right? Um, like, oh yeah, it's Seth Rollins versus this new guy for this belt we don't like. Let's shit on it. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, so what what were you saying about um you know people covering wrestling and uh, things of that nature? Oh yeah, the this Meltzer and the VCR guy. Oh yeah, fuck uh, all like, that shit. I don't. Yeah, it's like look, man. Like look, um, this is what I'm gonna say, um. I listen to Observer regularly, right? I, I check for the Observer newsletter probably every other week, right? And the reason why it's every week is sometimes I just forget to check whatever I'm checking for or something I want to specifically look at, right? So, um, and also, like, it's so ubiquitous as a wrestling fan on Twitter or in a wrestling group thing or whatever else that, like, even if I don't check for it, like, news will mention will get to me anyway, right? So, um, I'm... I think that it is overstating it uh, greatly that saying that uh, Buddy thinks he was doxxed. Um, however, from my perspective, I'm not him, and I'm you know my name's out. My name is on my Twitter, right? So, like that's how that's how I choose to handle it, right? So, like I'm okay with my name being out there, obviously, because I put it out there um, on my fucking Twitter account, right? So, um, I I understand how that could be. Um, that you you know your name is out there in a way that you uh, you hadn't hadn't intended right. Um, my the problem is like from by all accounts his name was already up there volunteered by him himself at a previous time, uh, so it wasn't doxing in the way that it is typically uh, dis- the definition of typical doxing is where like they got your address, your email accounts, all your account informations, uh, your employer and all that kind of stuff. And you get fired and get thrown out of the paint when you do some race or stupid or whatever else, or something that, uh, that, that pisses people off. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, in that sense, like, like that's, 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 that's not like, that's not necessarily doxing. Like that is somebody bringing up your name because they saw it before or whatever else. And you put it out there yourself I and mean, you ain't like that. Um, now, as far as should Dave have said that, fuck no. Why are you even like that's the thing with Dave on Twitter? It's like Dave be out here trying to, Dave has gotten to and is always fighting for his credibility and is trying to be fucking Don Quixote, uh, fighting for these old sensibilities in an era where like nobody gives a fuck about that. And also, more importantly, like you're Dave, Dave Melser, you are Dave Melser. There's nothing that you can do, Dave Melser, that's going to make the people that hate Dave Melser like Dave Melser. So deal with it, Dave Melser, right? So, you know, like you dug on people, I find it entertaining from time to time when he goes out there and he clowns on somebody that says some some shit about, you know, some something that's factually historically inaccurate or whatever else. But as far as him having a back and forth with some dude that like literally 
pays him monthly. <laughs> I'm just like, just say like, bro, you're like, you literally buy my work. And it's called a day. And like, there's people that you don't have to, like, you're not going to win everybody over. You got to learn how to fight your battles on that one. And like, you know, like even, you know, even Lance and, and, um, and, and, and Semper Vivi will talk, talk about it on air on, um, on the show, on the network about like how, like, I mean, I don't understand why he didn't engage, engage with people that have like, you know, X number of followers, or whatever else. Like, you know, you are who you are. It's okay, man. I understand, you know, shit irritates you, and but that's part of what comes with the job. And um, as far as you being in a specific field for doing what you do, like you get more arrows than the average person was. Like, for example, like it was that it was a fun time, like two, three weeks or two, three weeks ago, when like Lakers fans were like shitting on Woj, but like you didn't see Woj like clapping back at dudes once like Kawhi signed with the Clippers. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So it's like. You know, I don't know if it's because maybe he's more, or maybe it's more just more insulated from that kind of stuff because he's on the ground and like I'm out here talking to millionaires every fucking day and and like you know I'm out here people asking me hitting me up with all the all the stuff so I don't have time to deal with you know some 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 Utah Jazz fan maybe that's what it is I don't know but like he don't he doesn't move that way in a way that Dave does so it's like. Maybe if you moved in a way that can insulate you from having to hear the bullshit, then like you can have a more positive um way of like living your life as far as dealing with this kind of shit. Like you don't have to deal with the negativity. Like you can simply turn it off. Or you can turn some of it off. I can't turn all of it off because obviously, you know, people are always gonna come for him. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, say, I'll tell you this. I have no respect for, I don't, for, I don't, for I don't, these I people. What I'm that... saying is, I don't think well, hold on, hold on. I'm not gonna finish right now. Like, I don't think that Dave is handling the way that, that like, um, could benefit or could. I don't think he's handling and going about it the best way to like try to keep his sanity. And like this thing where he like said that dude's name was like, you ain't had to go there. You just didn't. I'll tell you this. I have, but it ain't Dawson. Right. I I have no respect for these people that have these accounts dedicated, literally based on Dave Melser and based on gotcha-ing him. I have no mm-hmm. respect for that. Like, and these people, the I'm not even gonna say their names. Like, um, as far as <laughs> to, to, to shine a light on them ho ass okay. niggas, but um, oh, like, they, like they're literally cops essentially for trying to trying to cut up audio and, and twist things around and, and start fires. It's the same. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't I, you're right. I didn't mention that, but like, yeah, he. I I have seen him do that before. It's and, the same um, fifty to a hundred yeah. accounts that are that are all linked together that have you know there's a lot of overlap with the fds there so (laughs) so if you go through these people's timelines and everything like that and i don't know i have no respect for those for those clowns suckers jesters essentially so um yeah yeah like man ultimately in the day i think me and you are more like look man like i just want i just want the truth and like honest like opinion and and whatever else and you know like that's really that's really what I'm here for, whatever else. Like, uh, we can have differences of, of opinion, or whatever else. But like, ultimately, like while we're having these conversations with people, like let's 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 cut the bullshit, right? Like you know, like let's not waste our all of our times while like trying to bullshit each other. Like, and that's ultimately like I think if you know if we able to handle it in a way to where like you look, man, I don't like this person because of X, Y, and Z, and then like leave it at that i think like we'll all be better off like if you don't like melser fine like there are things about melser that like i'm not necessarily like the craziest about right 
like but he I, I I think that he offers a utility to the to the wrestling community that is useful uh but like he goes about a few things that I don't necessarily I'm not crazy about but outside of that like I, that's it but like the thing of like you know constantly feeling like you need being I don't I'll never stand a person that feels like Meltzer's a bullshitter like more times than I, I, I just don't like. I think there are some things I'm like, nah, I don't think so, Dave. Like you see, you think about we talk about pay per view times all the time. We're like, oh yeah, he gave this, you know, match ring this and other, and then you go just look at. I'm like, wait a second, that's not that's nonsense, Dave. And then you go look at his uh, at his match of the night thing. You be like, yeah, even his, even subscribers like, and that's even nonsense. then, that's He's like that's inoff- those are inoffensive Dobby Star rings. Right. Like <laughs> right, right, right. I think I think the thing is. I, Right, I'm just saying that's a small thing. I'm just right. that's a small that's a small thing, right? Like there are certain things like um and I'm not I'm not getting we're just getting too far yeah. into weeds about it, but like ultimately what I'm saying is like is he a net negative or a net positive for people that love pro wrestling? I would say he's a net positive. If you think he's a net negative, I feel like you're only holding on to a couple of things as and not seeing the bigger picture so that's that's just me like if you're a person that's like constantly trying to get him out the paint and then like you know take his audio and jack it up or, or leave out context then like i mean you seem like you'd be great to meet at parties i don't yeah, know you know like, what i'm saying like, like that's not you like sound you like must a have a horror you must have a horrible corny life like i don't know i these people like without their name and without their picture on their profile can't put your name on it. Someone said that once. I, I forgot who it was, but put your name on it essentially, and oh, I have more respect for it. I think it was Herman Edwards. I think, yeah. was, I think it was Herman Edwards. You know, Herman Edwards used to get loose on those uh those, yeah. those press conferences. Yes, put your name on it, and I don't know. I don't say it with your chest. Yeah, say it with your chest. Like, um, but. One thing, um, no, that that transition wasn't gonna work, so I'm just gonna jump into it. So Tully Blanchard <laughs> has a job in professional wrestling like, again. Like speaking of someone that said it with him, speaking of someone that historically said it with his chest, Tully Blanchard. Like, nah, that ain't gonna work. Yep. So I was like, let me just cool it there. Uh, but the <laughs> the first um uh episode of the Road to All Out immaculately shot uh from every uh angle essentially uh tony shivani was on there i don't know if you've seen it james but uh shivani is doing the control center uh essentially for them and, wait um, i thought shivani was signed to mlw i think he does sometime work for mlw his main oh. thing i believe is like baseball like for the braves if i'm not mistaken okay all right so he was in there uh essentially oh, God, don't bridge don't bring don't mention the braves you know caleb finna hit us about that shit uh, <laughs> So uh, the Cobb County Braves. Yeah. So uh, there, there were two things that were, that were notable in there. Uh, Hangman Page. They immediately started putting the. Um, they're they're trying to put the juice on on Hangman off rip. They know they have a lot to fix with him. Uh, he cut a pretty decent promo uh, going at Jericho, where he ripped the stitches out of his eye uh, and was bleeding at the end of it. It was kind of it was intense, but it was still kind of hokey at the same time. It, it was okay. Like that's that's as far as I'll go on it. Uh, should we talk about the Hangman, James? Um- <laughs> well, I mean that that's more your thing. I, I mean, like a name's a name's a name. 
it is not the worst name in the world. Like, he could be called the fucking Viking experience, right? Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't really care about it. It's it joking. I'm talking about, like, his standing, like, heading into, like, title matches. Yeah, Seems yeah, like, yeah. like they, I mean, they got a lot of work off, to he, do. Did he come off as, as a did he come off as a guy, at least? Or did he come off as, oh, yeah, like, at least now there's a second dimension to go with inside of just, instead of just him being one-dimensional? It seemed like there was just, like, okay, this is the start of the program. Like, this is actually, okay. like, what they're trying to... Uh, portray with him and he took the fortuitous juice or or he took the black eye or whatever and made something out of it okay so it was cool there and like i said it wasn't shot like it was cell phone footage it was shot like it was like a vignette actually he's out in the middle of a field somewhere and then he's in like the bathroom like looking in the mirror after that and he was like he's gonna rip the stitches out of his eye every day so he he remembers what it feels like to have been busted open by jericho so he's like he's gonna remember it and then basically let this motherfucker feel it at uh all out essentially so um the sean spears interview i think completely blew um hangman's away this oh, yeah. guy, yeah. How long, how long was it? <laughs> uh, so the overall episode is 13 minutes. I want to say the Sean Spears piece is like the last five and a half, maybe, if I'm not okay. mistaken. He's sitting there with Jim Ross. So Ross is lob- lobbing up basically questions that are just anyone could have lobbed those up, and Spears was here to essentially talk. This dude's an incredible character. As soon as I finished watching this, I thought, wow, WWE is never releasing anyone again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyone. So- Okay, so the sit down interview did it bring did it at least did it harken back to the days of like the faces of Foley or the game promo uh, with with Ross and um, and Comple- Triple H? Did it remind you of that at all or no, no? Completely different thing because it wasn't like okay. this guy wasn't really angry. This guy was cerebral. They were in like he showed up in a suit like he was fucking like dressed immaculate. It was a brightly lit like room they were in. So it was a little bit different. It, but yeah, I, like now that you mentioned that, like it's kind of what the vibe they were going for there. And okay. Cause, cause you know, like when, when Jim Ross, um, did the AEW thing, I felt like that's something they could do. That's old school. Remind people that like used to be fans, the last fans remind of the days of like, Remember when like WWE used to do like pro do character promo or character TV segments used to get people the fuck over like yeah. crazy and it was like Ross sit, sit down interviews with Ross how it'd be like Ross with 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 Austin or The Rock or Kane or or Foley or or um or Triple H and I used to think like why the fuck doesn't WWE do that anymore like, I mean they do it occasionally with Cole whatever but they're like they're they're all they're always like program serving they're never like they're always more of service of the program as opposed to the character. Mm-hmm. So um, when Cole does it, or the ones we've seen in the last like eight years with Cole, so like I always thought like they could go back to these and it will work. Like I mean that's the reason why when Lesnar first came back and hit the street, they hit came back doing those UFC deals. It was like, dude, he's a gigantic, he's a fucking megastar. Like, like why why the hell don't they do this with everyone or you know with you know people that are trying to get over heavy or whatever else? And like the answer is because like Heyman. Yeah, they, right. they don't so, want people getting over like that. <laughs> yeah, that too, that too. Apparently, so so yeah. Like, I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I'm gonna have to check it out. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Spears is more than just I'm. You know, I'm angry guy because I didn't get my shot. I could have been a contender. So yeah, like, he, that, he, that's cool. He essentially was talking about like you know he when I saw that good hand shit like Jim Ross. You know 
that that's the kiss of death in this business. Essentially calling me a good hand like that. I had to remind him like like who the fuck I was. Essentially like when I went upside his head and made him bleed. Like I sat at his I sat I was at uh, his parents' fiftieth uh, wedding year anniversary. I was at the dinner table like different things like that. Like I know you, bro. Like that, that's what it felt like. And then at the end, okay. um, he uh, he's like you know, and then Tully Blanchard walks in and Jim Ross like looks like he's just a gas like because he knows what the fuck <laughs> Tully Blanchard being there means like he's like like like, like what is, and Tully Blanchard now he's not the Tully Blanchard like of, of Flash and whatever he's a Tully Blanchard this creepy old man that has like you know he just looks like he has a plan and, and he's you know shaving bald or, or low now he's dressing he, he he has this dude Sean Spears who's like he's gonna like essentially pass the Tully Blanchard of 1985 to Sean Spears, essentially. And oh my god, that's what it feels like. And so, so, so somebody, so eventually, like someone's gonna want to shoot Sean Spears. Yes, that's what you're saying. <laughs> like okay. this dude's gonna be All such right. a heel. It's crazy. Like, and, and I thought I was like, bro. <laughs> This is another guy that was just hanging out and catering, literally no one gave a fuck about. And right. he he, he yeah. cut a fucking mohawk in his head. He hits Cody with, with a chair. He does an interview. He's a star now. Like, <laughs> yeah. And and the, and the thing that's and the thing that's interesting is, like, you know, a lot of people, at least right now, we're starting. We're still getting the idea of the flavor of AEW, right? Of like what it, what they're, what they're going, what they're aiming for, and like ultimately what they're going to eventually be. But I think, I think a lot of the noise around, like you know, the buzz around what is, what is this thing going to be? A lot of it was like, you know, they're going to go out there, they're going to be like New Japan America, right? And it's like, eh, nah. Like at their core, like I'm sure. I mean, I feel like they're more or less like they're going to give you a variety of a bunch of different styles, or whatever else. And or or at least that was aside from, aside from the last show, like that was kind of aim. And ultimately, the character stuff, like the character stuff, is going to be mostly like old school territory stuff. But the wrestling will be updated for uh, the purposes of 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 being modern. Right. So, and I mean, modern being around the world, not like copy paste WWE stuff necessarily. And not to say there's nothing wrong with necessarily WWE stuff in a vacuum. Like I think one or two of those WWE uh, style matches are, are fine. Like a whole slate of it for three and a half hours. Mm, not so much, but yeah, I think, I think that, you know, it, hearing this is like, there's, there it's so it's refreshing at points. It's here. Like people talk about characters in, um, and the work around the world of like, you know, at least AEW like Moxley and Sean Spears and Darby Allen and like it's cool to get like inside of like, see these people can be different and we can highlight the different and the different is fine and people you talking seemingly under their own voice like we'll see how much long we'll see how long like before if there's a pattern or whatever else at the time but it, it's nice I think it's real I think it's nice that there is these people can be different and the different helps bring out, uh, bring out like, um, the, the clashes and styles. Right. And it is going to be interesting to see like when these people get out of their initial pairings to see like, mm-hmm. like who they go for next, like who's Sean Spears next feud. Like, does he go upside Kenny's head or something like that? And then it will like, we'll have to see like those worlds mix and everything like that. So I think there's, there's a nice little, um, you know, like 
the road to shows this like these are some of the best shows in wrestling as far as like getting over characters and getting over matches like usually they're under 15 minutes and they've mastered the format you're like all right if we don't and the key with it is like we don't have to use tv to even beat anybody we can just like 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 this is the 15 minute video package for the social media era essentially that shows like three or four different things like all right this is what you remember and then you wait for next week essentially and i wish everyone did this like but until they do aw is going to be able to corner the market on this type of shit because they're presenting themselves as deadly serious and and um building people up and telling their stories you- like gut Okay, so these are being done, in, at least right now, in lieu of the fact that there is no TV. Do you think that this stuff will continue on the TV show in front of a live audience? Because that's one of the reasons, that's one of the reasons at least a lot of, that people give for, why doesn't WWE do more of this sit-down stuff, whatever? It's like, well, because like if we put them, if we put that on a Titan trying to from a large screen in front of a in front of a crowd for X amount of time, like that could kill the crowd next time they come back to do some live shit in front of it. So do you think that they can keep this up? I do because like, I think they can chop those things down to however much time it actually needs to be. Cause what you see sometimes on the mm-hmm. video packages at the shows are chopped down versions of the, uh, row two shows. So, Oh, like on the video, pa- like on the promo packages. Yeah. Or, sorry, the uh, the 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 pre-match video packages. Yep. So. Okay. And, and then we're gonna be looking at. All right. They'll be like, yeah. Now let's throw it to you know whoever that the, the interview that we did. I think, as we mentioned earlier, the, the AEW office, uh, audience is gonna know what it is. They're gonna be more forgiving initially, at least until you burn them. Um, no. <laughs> so <laughs> this stuff is gonna. It's gonna wrestling's gonna go kind of how it feels like it's supposed to go. Uh, I don't know how long that time period is gonna last, but <clears throat> enjoy it okay. for for how long ever it does. So, okay, so uh, you you for, you um you semi regularly watch uh, MLW, and I, th- I remember you telling me how much you enjoyed uh, the video packages uh, or not sorry like the promo stuff for for um for their acts or whatever else would how you compare it which one would you say is better or would you say they're like they're similar or or, or how do you say they uh they differ so is like one more traditional or so or ML- what would you say mlw like it's weird because they'll just cut to someone in the back and they'll be standing there like low-key i think is just amazing he might just be like one in his self but AEW seems like they're going to use this format and just literally uh, slide someone into it and be like, all right, you come in here and do it now. <laughs> and it's like, this thing is a proven thing vehicle that's going to get things over as far as like the road to shows. Okay. And it's like, all right, you come okay. in here now and apply who you are to this. Cause like they've had Sonny kiss telling his story on there before they like a lot of this stuff is like people telling, you know, their stories of who they are. And I think okay. it's really effective, especially like when you start talking about the rest of the roster, who's not Kenny Omega, who's not Cody, who's not the Bucks. Uh, this time is extremely valuable because you look at uh, October, how far is October away? Like you've got uh, like we're almost at the end of July. So you've got like two months mm-hmm. of YouTube videos essentially to start putting in people's minds in one show to see who you should start, you know, 
looking to see. And then, of course, they've got a – I don't want to say they've got a restart on national television, but they've got a point where they need to bump from, like, <laughs> like on they're national gonna, TV. They're gonna, like, this is, like, they're going to have to either, A, like, re-repurpose those – what they've already done, or, B, like, show – show something different and then if you can point them back towards what you've already done. Right. But it definitely needs to be done to where like, even if they don't go back, you still need to get that over again because like it's a TV show. Motherfuckers don't shouldn't have to be doing homework. Right. Um, yeah, but overall, like can't wait to see the rest of these. So, (laughs) um, tomorrow night, the Raw Reunion Show. So, as I mentioned, I will be in attendance. I haven't watched Raw since um, May 29th. The end of May. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what the fuck they do. I'm going to be able to see uh, how these matches end in person and what happens during the break if they just stand there and everything like that. And... I've got a updated list of people. Best believe I will be booing the shit out of Hulk Hogan and looking around to see, uh, you know, the reception in the room. I feel like he's going to return to a thunderous ovation uh, in Tampa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's going to happen. And I'm going to feel horrible and depressed about, like, why I'm here and the state of, like, the country and everything else like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like if you haven't been paying attention to uh, things that have been going on uh, recently, but um, yeah, so let's let's go through some of these um, names. So no John Cena and The Rock, but um, they're trying to get The Rock, I believe, for the SmackDown. I believe Cena will be on the SmackDown, of course. Um, all right, so Triple H, Melina, Jillian Hall, Eve Torres, Jonathan Coachman, who's there typically anyway. Caitlin, Alicia Fox, who's on the active roster, I thought. Candice Michelle, Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Kevin Nash, Kurt Angle, Sergeant Slaughter, Christian, Ted DiBiase, Eric Bischoff, The Boogeyman, Jimmy Hart, because of course you can't come to Tampa and have Hogan and not have Jimmy Hart here. Um, the Hurricane, Santino Morella, Jerry Lawler, Devon Dudley. Booker T, yes, Devon Dudley by himself, yes, not no Bubba Ray. Wait, wait. Okay, so they brought up Shane Helms if he's not just backstage. Correct. They told him go get the gimmick, bring it with you. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Devon okay. Dudley, Booker T, X Pac, Mark Henry, who I'm going to boo. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Mick Foley, Pat Patterson, <laughs> Gerald Briscoe, Lillian Garcia, Alundra Blaze, Kelly Kelly, Rikishi, Ron Simmons, The Godfather, The Road Dog, and Sid. Ooh, I'm happy to see Sid. You know I'm a mark for Sid. I think the last time we seen Sid was what? Like that old school Raw from like 2013, 14, or maybe like 15? Raw 1000. I think it was Raw 1000. Nah, it was, it, it, nah it's been since then. Because remember, like, a bunch of old school dudes. It was an old school Raw because it was uh, it was Vader. It was Lita. Um, Sid. And they beat up, I think it was, like, Slater or somebody like that. I uh, thought that, that was, was Raw shit. 1000, bro. 
Are you sure? No way. Look it up. Somebody look it up. And, that can't and let be, us know. It had to be later than that. It had to be. Because I felt like that was an old school Raw. I think it was Raw 1000, bro. 2012. So, uh, Sid used to be really active on Twitter. I don't see him as much anymore. But, um, yeah, so, like, I'm excited to see a lot of these um, – quote-unquote old-timers. I haven't seen Stone Cold Steve Austin in person since 1997 uh, when he fought The Rock for the Intercontinental title and he drove the truck into the ring. That was actually in Springfield, Massachusetts, where I was there. And I loved every second of it, so I'm going to pop huge for the Stone Cold. And it's going to be interesting to see uh, how these guys are. There's a lot of scripts they got to write for people. Of course, this is an obvious ratings ploy try to like get some stuff rolling but hopefully there's a there's a big angle that they shoot out of this to to get something going but i'm looking at the matches that they have um i was talking to finish show and he's just like looking at SummerSlam like it's gonna be horrible like and this guy is a huge wwe fan who who loves seeing the positive in what they're doing Finish shell thinks it's gonna be bad. Yes. Well, wait. Okay, so Natalia versus Becky, like those are two ca- those are two cable workers. Not here for um, it. Huh? Not here for it. You or him? Him. Oh yeah, he doesn't like. Get a memory like he 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 likes. He he would rather have he would rather you be a zero in the ring in a in a five as a as a wrestling character than be a five in the ring and then a zero as a like it's weird whatever it's like i mean like that sounds good until you remember to like there's a place for there's an actual legitimate place for someone not being a star and being a mechanic as opposed to oh yeah you go out there and you just annoy like whatever 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 that's it's so annoying to me. but the rollins and lesnar match that seems to have like no type of like juice behind it it, it, it's dead it's dead but i think it'll be one of those things where like the night of like when they actually have a legitimate match for the first time ever not, like I'm not even counting that 2015 battleground match because it was a squash match. The Undertaker dick kicked, d- right? D- so does Vince remember like, that I, even happened? Oh, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> it's like okay, so somebody, some uh, I don't know, somebody brought it to me and said mentioned it. Somebody said that like, oh, it's a long, it's long form storytelling of of all that stuff and dating back to I guess like um, Russell or Royal Rumble 2015. I'm like. No, it's not because if it was, <laughs> then on then they would bring it up on commentary or bring it up in video packages. They do none of that. The same thing when like, people talk about like Undertaker in in Triple H. It's like no, they're pretending like WrestleMania 17 never happened. Never the thing like that biker taker shit. You're not even supposed to remember that shit. They never bring it up, so you can't say that's part of long story te- storytelling when like they're choosing not, they're letting not to use it, right? So this is you no. making stuff up in your own brain. But right, it's, it's your own head canning. It's not. It's not actually what they're presenting to you to try to uh, to try to tell the story. It's, it's stuff you're adding on to try to make it more interesting. Because like sometimes WWE be dry, and sometimes a lot of things are dry. And you have to, and you in your mind you try to make it more interesting than it actually is. Uh, and so you got to ride for your we, we team. Ta- so sorry, and, and they got to ride for their team. So yeah, I mean, so what were we talking about? Before? We were talking about Rollins um, and Lesnar. Yeah, like. I feel like that's a yeah, it's a dead program as far as like it's not gonna knock anybody's socks off, but like the prospect of them finally having a fucking match for real this time, like the, the night of, like I, it, it will get over. Like if they can say like, oh yeah, like they're actually gonna have a twelve to fifteen minute match, like I think people would be into it. What else they got? On but the only, show? but that's on, but that's only one of those nights nice of things. It's like it's like every dark, it's like every Brock Lesnar feud at this point. It's like. 
Nobody cares. Except until that man starts throwing people around and actually starts selling people. That's the only time people will care. Uh, like, like he's gonna be like, oh, he's gonna go out there, he's gonna suplex him for like five minutes. Crowds and, and then he'll finally start selling once the crowd starts turning the match because they think they're getting fucked again. Like that's what we're that's where we're at with Brock Lesnar matches. Yeah. And it's just like we're back to Brock Lesnar as the champion. And when you start thinking about who's gonna take the belt off of him, it only feels like it leads to one place. So <laughs> it's like we're right with all this talent, with all this, you know, pressure of, of the new uh T V deal and the new era and everything, and everything just still leads back to Brock Lesnar being the champion that no one can beat or has ever got a clean victory on except Goldberg. And he's being saved for <laughs> one fucking guy. And you all know who he is. So, I swear, that it, that main event is WrestleMania again. It's just like, yo, fuck this promotion. I'm good. I'm just, <laughs> like, I already don't watch the weekly TV. It's just like, I, I don't. I don't see the point. And it'd be like, bro, how many times are you gonna crack your fucking skull or, or like how many times are you gonna crack your fucking skull in the uh dashboard? Put on a seatbelt, right? That's what you're saying. Like, stop doing this. Like stop I mean, doing this. Or do it on fucking TV and, and have like like have him beat Seth Rollins' ass, have him come out and say, Who wants it the night after on Raw and have Roman Reigns squash him in thirty fucking seconds and then so we can move on with our lives. Like Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I'd like to see Roman with the belt to have the 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 fake belt on the show that reflects the real belt in real life, like his real status. Yeah, like rather than yeah. them like separating the two the whole time, and then you have you know people that act like Reigns hasn't been pushed or whatever. I don't know what type of. I mean, well, I mean to be fair, if you look at since he's came back. Oh yeah, like, since uh, he's come back, Dave. Oh no, you you know what this Jesus is. Jesus Christ, you, you know what this is though. Oh yeah, they're, they're, yeah, he's an incubator. But um, I. But it's like if you have an incubator, can he at least do something fucking interesting. Right. Like we could have saw him right. versus Buddy Murphy. We could have seen him versus like, Andrade. What the fuck? Like we could have got two of those off essentially. Like, like when, like, like think about what the game plan was like going in, or like what the game plan was set to be after WrestleMania 31, where it's like, okay, we look. By hell and high water, we have elevated Roman to this spot, um, and that's our and that's our plan. And it's probably a year or two too early, but you know whatever. So that's the plan. In the meanwhile, like to help you know keep you know keep things interesting, we're gonna have Daniel Bryan and John Cena in the mid card mix with these mid card titles, and they're gonna do and they're you know and they're gonna do some incredible things. Like you know, it didn't really it didn't. We didn't get a chance to see what Brian was going to do, but we damn sure saw what was seen was uh, did with the U.S. title, right? So, like, that's a game plan. Like, okay, you're the top guy, but we can't have you in the top title program right now. So we'll have you do something else interesting where you give, you know, you like everybody like gives you your best shot on the with his mid card title. That's cool. Like they found they found something for John Cena to do. Like they, re- I mean, yeah, sure, they found something for 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 Roman to do with this McIntyre and Shane shit, but it's like, can we come up with something for him to do that is, you know, compelling? Exciting. Right. It's like, why would you, like, you, you put this dude on ice. Yeah. Um, you put him on ice. They're going to wonder what's wrong rather than, <laughs> like, yeah, they're going to wonder what's wrong when, when the time comes. And, 
I'm definitely afraid they're going to drag this out for another nine months um, to, to go ahead and, and do it again at WrestleMania 36. Boy. Um, it's like, move the fuck on. Um, <laughs> so, like, um, damn. So, what are you expecting out of this Raw reunion show? Shit, I don't know. I'm not even gonna watch it. Oh, like, okay, gotcha. In <laughs> I mean, that case, I won't. I mean, I won't play. I watch it. Like, I mean, there's a lot of names, but it's like, like, what the fuck are they the, all gonna do? The, the, the thing is, right after after Raw 25, who will beat up the revival? Oh god. <laughs> well, well I, I, what I was gonna get at was after Raw 25, I have no faith in them. Like, they're going to bring in heavy hitters to get a bunch of eyes on it and then shoot the, and shoot the angle that's proper. Like they're not going to shoot the, Oh my God. Uh, Oh my God. The rock just rock bottom. Daniel Bryan after Daniel Bryan just got left at the altar. And then he just said that he's going to face the eventual winner of um, the eventual champion at Royal rumble in, in the coming months. And later in the night, we're going to have CM Punk turn heel on the rock. Like, that's your major angle to do. Uh, I guess you can kind of say that uh, you know Batista doing the promo, the the evolution promo, yeah. led was you know led to whatever else. But like that was so far away, that was more of a breadcrumb more than an actual like you knew it was going to happen because it, like it wasn't officially going to happen until you know they gave Batista what he wanted. So <laughs> as far as like I'm going to be a heel I'm you know I'm not going to be dealing with all the all the riffraff and nonsense because last time I told you this shit was going was going to work and it didn't work so this this time we're going to doing this on my terms so my way uh, my show yeah right right so you know at the Raw 25 I'm not really sure that like I can trust them to say oh yeah they're, they're, they're they know they're, they brought in a bunch of people and they're going to really utilize I mean yeah they did it, you know, Ric Flair's birthday with Batista or whatever else. That was, they, they, that was his major angle shot. That was great. But, like, we're just talking about, like, dudes that have, you know, the cachet to get shit done That's... right now with Batista these last few times. Like, watch me five and do nothing for me. So, like, I'm not holding my breath expecting, like, it, it would behoove them to do such a thing to kick, kind of get the shit jump started when now that we're like we're going into SummerSlam, more and more eyes will be watching this shit. And then after that, you can use this as a way to as a um, springboard into the transition over to Fox. But, you know, they don't, they don't always do shit the way that they should. Right. So, and, and I think you know. they need to, they need to use those old stars to solidify who the new ones are. Like I need right. Shawn Michaels walking up to Ricochet and be like, you're incredible. Like something like that. I need like, you know, stone cold walking up to Kevin Owens. And say, I see you've been doing that stunner lately. Like, let me show you. Let, let me tell you something about it. Like, and some and, and co-sign them. You have Stone Cold and Becky Lynch on screen together. Do some cool shit like that, and I'll feel like I can appreciate right. that. Um, yeah, hand it down. Hand it down. Like, and and that's the thing. You know, this company does not hand it down because they always want to bring these people back to to be who they always were. It's like, no, man, they're legends now. Let them, you know, let let them slide this shit over. Like, essentially, like, uh, Brit. Briscoe and Patterson, like we need to see them in a twenty four seven segment. We have to, like, yes, like yes. we need to have Jerry Briscoe that, look, threatening second, to shoot on somebody. The second you said that Patterson and Briscoe would be there, that's the first thing I thought was okay. They're gonna use them twenty four seven because dumb motherfuckers like them back then and as here, like that was one of the best parts about the twenty four seven thing. The yes. Stooges literally screwing each other over. Like that was that was the best one of the best parts about look. it. 
Because Bo- look, you got- both of them better win the title and lose it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want Gerald Briscoe to be on the history books for the twenty four seven title. Um, nah, it would be. I think. I mean, yes, that that I'm sure that'd be interesting. I think it'd be more interesting to see if like I like to see like um, Gerald Briscoe shoot on Drake Maverick. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. And see, and see. Look, let's let's just see if, if Drake Maverick can can block a can sprawl and block a, a double a double leg. Let's see. I just want to see it. Yeah. Um. They've got Ron Simmons, Foley, or excuse me, Ron Simmons, Godfather, and Mark Henry. Maybe they can all get on screen together. I know they did the deal at Raw Twenty Five where they had Henry walk up on Godfather, but I need Ron Simmons there too. You know, and be like, you know, whatever. And then like have him talk about, man, where's Dwayne at? Like essentially, like. <laughs> Like he, he's shooting a movie, nigga. Like you know, you know what they should do? <laughs> Have him there with a picture of the Rock. They should, they should do the same shit that they did at the table for three with them uh, from like a year or two ago, where they pretty much do the same. They run the same gimmick back for a third time, like how they did for the second time on uh, table uh, table three, where Rolexes, and then yes. another, and then you get a third picture from the Rock. Yes, <laughs> Rock them gets a third picture from the Rock. Like that'd be the funniest shit ever. Like just anta- like the Rock antagonizing Ron Simmons until <laughs> the end of time. I- I'd like the Usos, the team where Roman Reigns and Rikishi managed them to the ring. I, I could, I could, uh, I could go for that. Um, That's cool, but you know they're selective about how they when they they're you know Vince is real selective about when he wants to have you know his cousin his cousins yeah. around. So you know. So that would be nice, though. I would I like. Do enjoy, I do enjoy some bloodline and stuff. I, I would like Shawn Michaels to not be connected to DX. I would like Shawn Michaels to stand on his own, um, <laughs> you know, and, and be interplayed with somebody. But they always have to handcuff him to Triple H, you know. To Shawn's doing Shawn's doing commentary like on SmackDown recent coming the coming weeks, right? Yeah, he's doing commentary on Tuesday, I believe. Do they not remember like what Shawn sounds like on commentary like lately? I don't remember even what he sounds like on commentary lately. <laughs> like, remember he did the he did like he said he he says nice stuff about the talent and how talented they all are, but ultimately outside of that he really has nothing to offer. Oh, poor. Like, Sean. only thing he really has is compliments for the talent. I mean, that's that's nice in itself, but like, I don't know how that's gonna like they did that for the halftime heat thing, right? But that's I don't right. know how that's yeah. gonna work for. I don't know how that's gonna work for a two-hour show. Ted DiBiase, he could threaten to buy Raw again or something like that. I, it, I don't know. He's, I, I, it's real hard to take the million dollar man serious now with the billion dollar Vince walking around now. Hey, hey, look, never mind that. Don't, 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 don't overthink it. Okay, don't overthink it. Look, it's a rich motherfucker that says that's laughing up a storm being evil. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. That works for me. I, I'm. I, it, it's. It, you know how much, bet, like, can you imagine MJF and DBIC together? I feel like it'd be great. That'd be great. Yes, it would be. Like, something about this kid. I just, I just like this kid. Yeah, it's just something like that, like, just in passing. Like, something about him. I, I like that guy. So they've got Santino um, Morella come back, which is one of your favorite wrestlers uh, of the past decade, James. What, what, my, yes. What, yes. What, what would you uh, do with Santino? Is there any scenario that jumps out at you? Oh, I mean, oh, you mean like for the TV show? Yeah. So I was thinking like what I like doing, I like that man to show up in New Japan and, and have that man go out there and shoot on Yano. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what, like, look, there is only, there, there can only be one and I am the one. Wow. <laughs> look, fuck, look, fuck your DVDs. Hold this Cobra. Um, 
So, yeah, uh, anyway, yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm sure he'll probably be caught up in some uh, 24-7 shenanigans. Um, is there anybody that has a snake gimmick right now? A snake gimmick. I mean, you could have him and Randy Orton together on screen, but. That's true. Uh, okay, so is Foley going to be on the show? Yes. I mean, it can always do Foley. It can always do Snake versus Socko. They've done it before. They can do it again. I wonder what the fuck Devon Dudley's going to do by his damn self. Okay, so let's say they do another APA uh, segment, right? Yep. Let's say they're they're actually setting up the ta- the uh, setting up the the poker table or whatever else. And Devon's one of the dudes just sitting like, at the table. You can have you, you, yes, you can have one of you can have Simmons or or JBL say, Devon get the table, and then they and they go oh set up shit. Like that's that's a that's a nice that's a nice usage of him. Like what else are you gonna get out of him, right? Yeah. He's there anyway. He works backstage. So, <laughs> uh, Booker yeah, T. Yeah, I right. wonder what that's they can right. do with, with, with Uncle Book. Uh, I, I he, he had well the last time the New Day knighted him. Right. He he has to like pay it back to that's them right. now. Right. Essentially, and be like y'all like you know you made me proud to like Kofi Six or something time, like that because you. I mean, you could also be like, okay, so you guys are now in the Six Time Club. No, you bring him back again because he's. Because remember, Booker T was the five time. He eventually won it the six time. Yeah. The New Day got into the five time, and now they're in the six time club for tag champions. So you you do it. Do it you, again. You just run that back. <laughs> Look at us sounding like WWE. Just run what we did back previously. <laughs> like. <laughs> hey, hey. Look. Look. When when Booker T was out there hating, and then <laughs> and then Biggie's like. Was about to fire off on him and then say, "Hey man, you had the Saxon and that man completely out there hearing that he completely like, you know what? Never mind, I'm wrong." And then basically apologize and put them dudes over. That was one of my favorite moments of, of uh, was that last year, two years ago? I can't remember. But yeah, I'm not sure. Was that Raw 1000 or SmackDown 1000? I, 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 it was last year. It was when we were doing the review shows. Okay, so I think it was SmackDown 1000. So anyway, my point is like, if they if they just. Look, if they go out there and they bring them out there and then they bury Saxon again, I, I don't even damn what they do. That's a win. That's five stars. Five stars. What do they do with Flair? Can, can they... Um, I'm assuming he's doing something with his daughter, right? I'm assuming he's doing with Charlotte, like maybe. Like, I mean, I mean, because what do you do with Flair? I mean, the same thing. Like those are the heavy hitters. Flair, Hogan, and, and Austin are the heavy hitters. So. Yeah. Well, Austin, you know, you assume like that's that's definitely Kevin Owens or Becky Lynch ter- uh, territory, right? Like some will be they'll be linked somehow. Hogan, boy, they better keep they better keep him away from Roman. I know that. I would say if I were if I were them, I'd bring Hogan out. I bring Hogan out to basically, you know, MC the show. Start out like, you know, start out. Like, Let me tell you something, brother. Da 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 da. Just and he, welcome and, to the show, and, and then get the fuck on. Right, no interaction with another talent, right? Because you don't want no TV on this actually come out on on the on the, on, on the current talent's face. So, um, I don't know. But as far as Flair, I don't know. I mean, who who would be somebody that he could like? You know, who who could get heat off of Flair and then like have somebody come out on his behalf? So. 
I mean, maybe because I mean, this point, like, yeah, maybe at maybe this point, maybe, you maybe have... Ricochet, maybe AJ Styles and like the club or something, and you have Ricochet okay. come out for him, maybe. Um, I'm not sure. To tell you the like, truth, I, w- I mean, I think the best thing to do with Flo right now is he comes out with some heel or whatever else. Uh, they have back and forth. Flair clowns them. You into you, you know you, you know you tease danger, and then someone makes a save and sends the 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 heels packing, and then Flair puts over the babyface, whatever else, or some some version of that where like you know somebody gets heat on Flair, and then somebody uh, pays it off by sending them sending the people packing. Like I think that's the best way to use Flair at this point. I mean, because last time they had Flair out there, like Flair, I mean they did more or less the same thing with you know. Um, you know the, the angle with Batista and Triple H, and even also during that match. So I think that's I feel at like this point, that's where we are with him. I feel like Elias is going to come into play somewhere. Oh my god! Uh, with, yeah, that's a good one point. of these guys. Because do you, do you think the, do you think Elias been sort of mentioned like Despot that like they shouldn't waste that on Elias because it's. I mean, they love him, and they love him in these non-talking segments. So right, but they diminish him so much that it's like, what's the point? Like he's a, he's he's a lower mid card guy. He's barely a pre- like. He's an inch away. He's an inch away from being a, a prelim guy. So it's like, why would we waste that on him? Do you think they'll have Austin stun Baron Corbin? Huh. If Austin stun Baron Corbin, I'm trying to see if that would, would that be good enough for me to actually want to watch his show. If I was told that there that he's going to stun Corbin when I watch. I don't even think I want. I don't even think that would make me want to watch. Damn. I think, yeah, like even Austin Stunner, like unless it's like Vince, again, fuck it, yeah, do yeah, that just again, stun Vince, that yeah, 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 stun, just stun, stun Vince, Vince again. Shane. Like, that, was, that was literally the only good moment of Russ of, of Raw twenty five. Yeah, I, I might watch that after. Uh, what about Hall and Nash? Or excuse me, Razor Ramon and Kevin Nash. Oh my God, here you go. Um. Huh. I mean, maybe they maybe they're doing a click thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. that's how they they put them put them with Sean because you know Sean don't want to really be on his own no more. You want to pretend like he want a star. Yeah, he <laughs> want, he he wants to be like yeah. I I was in groups the whole time. I was a tag team wrestler like right. nigga. You Shawn Michaels like. <laughs> like so maybe you know maybe that's how maybe that's how they use it or whatever right. So um maybe that's how they do it. I don't know. Let's see who else they got like they got Kelly I mean, Kelly. Alundra <sighs> Blaze, Jesus. Um. So okay, so you already know what's gonna happen. Like they're gonna have Kelly Kelly next to Eve, and then like you know, then they'll probably go from there. Yeah. Like they're probably just a segment with like all like all the old like Alundra Blaze, Kelly Kelly, and Eve are all gonna be you know somewhere together while somebody cuts some does some mean girl thing or whatever else, and then they all are Caitlin too like um. More or less, like people like sitting in the bleachers, re- and we see their reactions. That's pretty much what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, Caitlyn as well. Caitlyn, Melina, Jillian Hall. Oh my yeah. God, Jillian Hall's going to sing. That's going to be horrible. Could be. Um, <laughs> look and... now, now what would be good is if like they use this to like, oh yeah, we're bringing back Caitlyn. That would be cool because Caitlyn could still wrestle because she was in the May Young Classic uh, last year. Was that last year or the first year? It was last year, I think. I yeah, last year. year. So like. Yep. Yeah, so if they want to use it as like, oh yeah, someone gets heat on Caitlyn, and like, oh yeah, I remember Caitlyn, former Divas champ or whatever else. Like, she, oh, she's back. That's nice. 
like somebody we remember coming back and then we use her she's not and she's not quote unquote she's not 35 so then we pretend like she's too old then uh eric bischoff i wonder uh what what bischoff can do maybe he actually gets on screen with vince oh and be like, god i'm back no i can see it now he's gonna be on air he's gonna be on screen yeah hogan bischoff nash hall yuck yeah they're yep they're gonna do that like another thing like if you go back and kind of retrace it like they jumped the shark on nbo once they added bischoff (sighs) even though i remember as as, as a kid i I always thought eric bischoff like i hated him so i he he did a good job no 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 he was awesome performer bischoff on tv is fucking awesome yeah, he, on TV is awesome. Especially like I, I, I can't speak to his WWE stuff or whatever else, but like him and WCW as a heel was fucking incredible. Like I mean, I'm not look. He was a to me. He was every almost as, every bit as good as Vince was. Yeah, except he was never going up against a against a a um an Austin for tit for tack like on the mic. Like it was more or less like I mean it was Flair, but like it was Flair. He's damn near fifty, so. Yeah. But but anyway, um yeah, I I I think that's at play as well because you know they love the you know, like if there's anything that can try to save Hogan from being Hogan is the NWO stuff. They can always fall back on that because like NWO for for anybody is always a you know a like through rose tinted glasses is a is a good thing to go back on. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. That's all I got uh here. Um for the the uh, guys that are in the ring, James, I know you had a couple matches in uh, Stardom that went down recently that you wanted to give some spotlight to. So uh, maybe we should throw the music on here. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. That is the stardom music that I love so much that anytime we talk about stardom, I feel compelled to play it here. Um, so, James, I'm going to turn it over to you. Let's you drive the bus here. Okay, so uh, first things first, just in passing, did you uh, did you notice that somebody apparently has signed a deal with Nike in stardom? I did not, no. Yes. Can I so, guess? Can I guess who, who did it? Oh, or, or, or actually, can you can you give me multiple choice? Okay. Do you remember? Um, Do you remember? How was, <laughs> Do you remember how how big of a coup it was for Nike to get LeBron James, the young prodigy that was going to carry the basketball world on his back for the next 15, 20 or so years? How big of a deal it was, and how like they continue this on to this day, Life, right? Lifetime contract, so, ninety million dollars before you first played a game. Right, so think, so think, prodigy. Think the long play of of, of a prodigy. Okay, Azumi. You are correct. Sir. She's <laughs> she's out here wrestling in Nikes, and that was the first first thing I thought was she, Nike is out here de- reaching into Joshi. Unbelievable! <laughs> Just do it. To get, and they are going to get the prodigy that will carry. <laughs> that will be the best wrestler, in the best female uh, Japanese wrestler in the next five, ten years. Yeah, so. Uh, I'm not serious, but she's in Nikes. That's all. Um, yeah. So, 
Um, I think last thing we talked about was uh, Tam versus Arisa, uh, versus Arisa Oshiki for the white belt at um, the Corrigan Hall show from last month. Um, so the the next Corrigan Hall show, um, normally when we do these, also normally when we do these stardom updates, they're normally based on the next Corrigan Hall show. Well, the next Corrigan Hall show is actually on Wednesday, but um, the run up to this show has had a lot of stuff go down. It seems like a lot of like musical chairs going on with their belts. Um, cause people are here maneuvering, right? So maneuvering. Right. So uh a lot of title changes. Uh so first thing first, um from the I believe it's yeah, from the July fifteenth show in Nagoya, the hometown of Jungle Kiona. Jungle uh, Kiona had a all time great wrestling name. <laughs> Like you say that, and it's funny because like there are a lot of women with like Kiona last names, or mm-hmm. so I, you know. Uh, but yeah, so Ain't none of them named Jungle though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, and I mean, she's at this point now. Like I, I'm, I'm okay with saying it. Like I, I've always had this feeling. Like she seems like the the Ishi of of stardom. Whereas like, <laughs> look for for cosmetic reasons that are beyond her control like they're never gonna give her the ball the way they probably should but like she's absolutely one of the uh best best in the company and like that so like they she gets a little respect from from uh, american viewers that like she may not get uh in her native land but uh but yeah so it was in her, in her hometown again, Nagoya, the last time we were in Nagoya, she was in a white belt match versus Momo. That was probably this second best match in stardom this year. Um, she ended up losing. Uh, and she poured her fucking heart out, in, but ended up losing. But this time around, um, it's her versus her her powerhouse rival. You know, like a lot of stardom wrestlers, they kind of, you know, have different things. But like Jungle and Utami thing is like, they're the big, they're, that's the Hoss battle. Uh, like, Utami last year when she debuted, she kind of made her name for herself by like beating up Jungle. So having a back and forth with Jungle, and it's kind of uh, been renewed. And then you throw in the fact that like Momo and um, Jungle used to be a tag team, and then Momo uh, turned on her to join uh, EO in Queen's Quest. So like that was definitely like that's a, those are career connected stuff. So it's it's uh, Jungle and Konami as challengers versus Utami and Momo who have been the tag champs since uh, I think all of this all of this year. So uh, they go out there and they have a, I feel like they had a banger. Um, I, and most of it was based around Jungle just basically having back and forth uh, strong style fights with Utami or like literally doing this muscle buster stunner spot that was fucking yeah like... that was different. That <laughs> shit was wild. So. Um, Jungle ends up actually, you know, she the hometown hometown girl makes good and she gets to win. Uh, I thought it was a really good match. I did. I was so kind of like Tai Chi beating Naito in his hometowns. You know that that loser (laughs) Jungle Kiona got to win. Yes, sure, sure. (laughs) Yes, yes. So uh, she cuts his promo uh, saying that like she she you know she knows she let people down um, last time in in Nagoya, but she you know but this proves that like you know don't give up on your dreams and that sort of thing. So I was like, see like this is what 
See, this is why like I, this is why so many people like her because like she she she's out there just trying her ass off. She's trying to make shit happen and it worked for us. People feel happy for her. Like, I've, so, I've had I've had limited, you know, a lot more limited stardom than viewing than you and I I love jungle. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Right. See? It just it just pops off like she, she she wears it on her sleeve and then like it's also something to say about like being more or being one of the few adults like really grown adults in the show. Like she's 28 compared to everybody that's like around like, you know, college age so like it's really it's it's, like to see someone like kind of have that that on their like you kind of see in their face like every big match i have might be my last opportunity to like really break out so like i i wear it on my sleeve so that it's cool for her um so uh the next match so they're the champions in uh at the wednesday show at kurikin they'll be taking on uh Miyagi and uh, Kagetsu for the uh, defending their tag titles in the first defense. So that match is going to be really good. Um, the next, so the next show after that that I want to talk about was the Osaka show. Um, Osaka is Kagetsu's hometown. Um, she's almost, I think she's almost every time I've ever seen them in Osaka because they're in there. That's probably like where they are mostly outside of Tokyo. Um, if they're not in Tokyo, like the second place they're most likely in is Osaka. Uh, yeah, Kagetsu uh, normally events that show because um, duh. So uh, they in the semi-main event. So when they're in Osaka, like as Odeotai country. So the semi-main event was a three-way high-speed title match between Hazuki and Star, uh, not Starlight, Azumi and um, um, Death Yamasan. People that are like what the fuck is Death Yamasan? That's Kira Yonayama, person that does a lot of freelance work all around. Uh, she. She actually teams with a uh, Hiroyo Masumoto in Oz Academy, Rich. Gotcha. So I was like, um, who the she, fuck is this? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like she's been around forever. Like, for example, like remember that Goto ma- that Goto move match I was telling you about, where they're wrestling on that mat and it's Kenny Omega and Riho. Yeah. Though the in that intergender uh, t- in a mixed tag match, like the woman that Riho was facing was um was uh, Yoni Yama. Anyway, like she. She normally does a comedy act. She was in Jan with um with Jungle and um Natura Natsuko, but that you know the start when they they got rid of that uh, they broke that Jan shit up because they was out here jobbing all the time and they ended up bringing in uh, Hannah's faction as the fourth faction. But anyway, um when they moved her on in the draft, like they gave her because Tokyo Cyber Squad is more or less they're just the misfits. She decided I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fake or paint my face like I'm Gene Simmons from Kiss. <laughs> and she just, Bro, and she all just she says, does is she yell, says death she, over and over again. <laughs> yes, all, and yes, because her name. So she's turned from Kiori uh, Yoniyama to Death Yamasan, and all she does is yell death throughout the match. She's, she's she still does her comedy, but yeah, no relation so, to the Death Rider, uh, John no, Marsley. Unfortunately, no. Unaffi- um, unaffiliated. I, I, Yes, I think that Def Yamasan is a little too goofy for for the Def Rider. I think so. <laughs> also, another thing: how come they don't call the Def Rider the Def Ride as, as a finish instead? Like, don't doesn't that sound like a better name for a finish? It does. Like a Death Rider sounds like the nickname, but like the Death right. Ride would be the finish. Yes, exactly. John Moxley and Shota Umino have been fucking incredible. Uh, by the way, <laughs> we forgot to mention. Yes, yes. Like I like you see this, the pictures of them together, and you think. Like, oh my god! Like, Shota hates this fucking guy. Like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta deal with this fucking nutso. And then, like, you see him. Other times, he doesn't. It's like he loves him, right? And it's like, okay, like, 
Look, that, that Shota just stoic. Look, just look, stoic. Shota Umino, that man, twenty two years old. That man's out there influenced easily. <laughs> yes. Uh, so back to lecture hand. Uh, yeah. So Hazuki uh, is in the middle of what may have been the greatest uh, high speed title um, defense. I'm sorry, title reign of all time. She uh, she was one away from tying Mayu Watani's old 2015-16 record for most defenses at nine. Uh, so she was she's at eight. She's trying to get to nine, but uh, and she's had matches with uh, Def Yamasan before. Their banger is just like the um, the Starlight Kid one that you saw before. Um, she's had one, she had a couple with Azuma before, and once Hazuki won the belt, it seemed like it was set up to where like the people that were going to chase her down and win it eventually were going to be um, either Starlight Kid or Azumi. Um, and they were going to try multiple times to be, you know, sent packing until one of them, you know, over, you know, finally broke through. Uh, the, the, the problem is, uh, <laughs> Hazuki at this Wednesday at the Kurokin Hall show, um, will be challenging for the white belt. Um, the white belt is more or less the intercontinental title, um, against Arisa Hoshiki. So I guess they decided, well, let's not have a champion fight another champion for uh, a bigger belt let's let's you know and then you think about the ramifications of all right well if she did if she were to become the white belt champion what's she gonna do just vacate the the high speed belt no so they put them in a three-way um it was they 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 just went out there and just all of the wrestling excellence just super um, fast pace and like i saw this and i was like I saw it was a 15-minute video, video, right? And then the entrances were like five minutes. I was like, oh, this is about to be quick. And then the bell rings. They're crisscrossing each other up. Bunch of roll-up, uh, different type of moves. And I, every time I see Hazuki Russell, she has, like, just a match I enjoy. And it, it's yes. really fucking fast. And it's just like, well, I, I know who one of my favorites yes. is. Yes. Yes. Um... So like this is this is still contested under Hazuki's rules as we as we've been calling it. like um she after she won the belt she she implemented three rules um two of them are complete nonsense and just but just ridiculous fun uh she these are her words not mine she said rule number one I do not accept fat <laughs> uh, uh, so you know people have loosely translated over that from from Jap- uh, Japanese English saying like must not be fat. Uh, number two is it, uh, it is useless unless unless it is a six pack, uh, which you know, which you know more or less more or less like more like rule number one, whatever else. Like loosely translated, that means like you must have you must meet the requirement of having a six pack. We don't follow, they don't actually follow those rules. It's funny, yeah. but uh, the one rule they actually do follow is rule three, which is matches must be um or or is contested under a ten minute time limit. So they fill in. In stardom, the thing with normal stardom matches is they're so fast-paced uh, by normal standards, but once you put in a time limit, they start fitting in, you know, even more stuff, and it's just fast-paced, and it's not about big moves, more or less, like, about speed, precision, and basically, like, trying to land quick uh, pinfalls, and then the pattern is kind of similar to when we talk about, like, why Ishii is so great is, like, He's so Ishii's great because he upset or he uh he subverts your expectations. Like, okay, 
you guys are trading shots. You trading shots. Hits you a big move. He pops up at on a. Uh, he pops up or he kicks out at one because like you're expecting like this big move time for a, a near fall. No, you, you get popped because he jumps out and you're like, oh my god, he just no sold that. That's right. awesome. Right. Similar fashion where they're going through all these ping attempts and like somebody goes down on the cradle on on the pinfall and you're just like, oh wait 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 wait, like you're just caught. They can't. They subvert your expectations so often. That's why these high speed matches with Azuki have been so awesome. So with three of them in there, and all three of them have wrestled each other a number of times. Like it was just great. It was another great match. Um, ultimately, the finish is that Azuki seemingly has both of them where she wants them until, and she's about to go for her uh, her uh, her sling. Or I'm sorry, uh, springboard uh, shotgun drop kick on both of them. But uh, Yamasan shoves Azumi uh, into the ropes, which sends Hazuki tumbling to the floor and then uh um Def yep. Yamasan ends up rolling up Azumi and Hazuki loses her title while not being in the pinfall which then means like she lost her title but she didn't lose so she can win this white belt come Wednesday yeah hopefully so when you told me that I was like you know at first I was like oh fuck I was like they didn't rob my dog Hazuki out here and then you told me what the vision was I'm like oh okay so she about to elevate yeah Who's the white belt champion? That's it's what, Arisa, that's I, right? Arisa Hoshiki, yes. Okay. And like, there's look, Arisa had the match with Tam at the last show. That was the best match of the year so far in Sternum. But she still has the issues that I was uh, describing um, before. Like, um, after that show, she did Russell Queendom two, um, Pro Wrestling Eve. So the main event of Pro Wrestling Eve was a. Uh, Kaylee Ray and Viper in their last match ever, uh, both of them their last match ever there. Uh, also in that match, also on this show is like uh, Kagetsu and Mayu Itami in a, in a match that went to a 15-minute 15, 15 draw. Uh, but Arisa had a match against a girl named Roxy. The match wasn't good, and I don't really, you know, I'm not much of a Arisa fan, but like, I don't blame none of that on her. Uh, hmm. But she still has issues in these matches where like her time is a bit off and she does spots that are like you should probably stop doing it because someone's gonna get hurt and it's probably gonna be you um like she does this knee drop over like she'll throw somebody on the floor anyway that's possible we're in the weeds but um Arissa like she had that match it's a blowy match but like that's the only thing you really have to show for like her being the white belt champion is like oh yeah she can have great matches but like she's not a good promo um it's it's just it's just for me it's not clicking. Maybe I'm being unfair, or whatever else. I like Tam so much. I don't know, but it just it just ain't clicking the way that I think it probably should. And then like you look at a Hazuki and Hazuki looks like, you know, she was on that um, MSG pre-show match. Like she's this is somebody that's clearly being positioned for um, something big eventually in the high speed title. Like wow, that's the third belt. Like it ain't as good as second belt. Um, and She's also with Azuki. She is a historical rival with Momo, because um, they were both in uh, Queen's Quest together. And then uh, she got Hazuki uh, got drafted out of Queen's Quest in the Odeo tie, and they became rivals. And like you look at their similarities in age, like that's going to be like the that's going to be the next big rivalry in the next coming few years for for uh, Stardom. So like you might be able to say, hey, Momo might want her belt back eventually. Mm-hmm. So her, her old white belt back. So that I can see that. Um. Anyway, and also she, like they've been teasing that that Azuki's been coming for the white belt for a while now, especially against Arissa. Look, white so, belt, white outfit, like yes, yeah. 
It makes sense. Yes, makes lots of sense. So uh, the third match, um, the third match was the main event of the same show in Osaka. It is uh, the trios belts, the artists of stardom um, titles. It is Mayu and Tam and Saki Kashima versus Kagetsu and uh, Andras Miyagi and Natsu Samire. Natsumiri is the Yano of stardom. She is a comedy wrestler. Um, she's not as good as Yano is, but like, uh, it doesn't really matter as much because they don't like put her in the G1. <laughs> like, they, <laughs> right? like they don't, they don't really be doing no shit like that. Like, oh, she's a comedy wrestler, so let's let her like be a comedy. She's a comedy heel. Gotcha. Like, so she's a comedy heel, so let her just do her thing over here. And like, she normally wrestles like the teenagers. It's like, oh yeah, you are to wrestle the young girls and like you basically blow them around and like you're cheating, you you whip them with your whip and all that kind of sort of stuff. Uh and then she, oh yeah, she also if you ever seen uh Nasumire, like she has a a Bronco Buster spot where she hits the Bronco Buster, she runs from one corner to the other one, she does the Bronco Buster, but she doesn't just stop there. She stands up while her feet still there and she hunches your face. Boy. <laughs> yes. Yes. She she Yes, she does that, and she does it. She 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 does to the teenagers. She don't discriminate. Anyway, um, so, but she's a comedy wrestler, so therefore, like, she's never won a belt or anything else in stardom. She in, you know, until for a while, she was mostly doing freelance work. Anyway, um, like I said, they're in Osaka for this main event, so that's Kansas hometown. I feel like they have a. I feel like this was the best match out of the uh, three that I mentioned. Uh, they basically they basically have. Um, Natsu pin Saki because Saki is now like officially the wink link of the three um, after Tam's ridiculous match with, with Arissa. Mm-hmm. So uh, after the match, like, you know, they're heels, but again, it's Odeo Tai country because of Kigetsu and like to give the mic to, to Natsu and Natsu cusses promo. Like, you know, I'm not the best wrestler, but I try hard. And I remember when like it, the goal wasn't for me to ever want to build. It was to make enough money to eat and stuff and like she just said like she was so happy and everything else and I thought oh, that's a nice moment for her and like I felt bad because I'm all like man like you get these fucking nuts like she's not like she's not um overbearing because she also loses mm-hmm. and stuff whatever else but like it's like I I'm not really here to watch the comedy acts or whatever else like in any on any promotion but like it was a nice moment for her and it humanized her in a way that's like you normally don't see because she's normally just the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> and me and just um, it is mean to the girls, to the young girls. So, um, it was a nice moment. Uh, and then, um, but like I said, so they're the trio champions. And the funny part is, like, Kagetsu and Miyagi are not a trio champions, but at this Wednesday Kurgan Hall show, they're also going to challenge for the tag titles against Jungle and Konami. So those are four top. Those are four very good wrestlers. So, like, I think that match is going to be fire come Wednesday. I I, I don't know, you know. I don't know when they're going to pull all the shows up, all the matches uh, up, but, you know, typically title change or really good match, like, they put that shit up immediately. So I can't wait to see what they put up on come Wednesday. Do we know the full card for the Korokin show? Yes. Um, they Yes. The main event. So before the last, uh, the Sapporo show, right before the last Korokin Hall show, they had Konami versus B for the red belt. That was her last title offense. After be one that main event. I think it's like a four star match. After uh, and it went like twenty five minutes, but after uh, after that match, Beach says that 
because this is like the first show or one of the first shows that like Utami and Mayu and Azumi all came back. So B after winning that match said that like you know you're back now Utami. You or B can get or you or Momo can get this title shot for the red belt. So Momo took the title shot. So the main event for that card, I believe, for the Wednesday Kirk Hall show is Momo versus B for the red belt. Oh, sign me up. Uh, I'll be there. Yep. Um. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, so like so you have that. You also have Azuki versus Arissa. Like that could be another that could be a great match. Uh the tag match I just talked about, that could be great. Um I think there's something else I'm forgetting too. Uh, that's also could, that also could be great. So like yeah, that, like this probably gonna, this could be their best show of the year. Awesome. Well, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to that. And maybe there's a title change because we don't know what B's status is. Like if she's gonna get called into action for AEW on a more full regular basis, you know, probably to all out. Maybe she needs to drop that off to Momo, and then Momo can get her run. Um, yeah. Um, I mean. I think look, it's just a matter of time before Momo is the red belt champion. But you know, because of what happened with um with Mayu getting hurt against Tony Storm in 2017, and Tony Storm being the red belt champion or whatever else for a while, like there, you know, the red belt and the white belt, like it's not like is like they're neck and neck. Like there's really not much of a just at least lately. Like depending on the time of the year. Or depending on the time and the situations, like the white belt can be above the, the the red belt at times, whatever. So like, when it's on B, it's not the worst thing in the world for her to be on her. It's not like, oh my right. god, we have the belt, like we have you know some some mid card gaijin as our top champion. Like it's not not a white belt can hold itself up. But I will say, like one of these days, like Momo, this is it's a matter of time that she's gonna be a red belt champion. I mean, I would if I were them, I I think I would I would have saved this match, but you know what? It's going to be a banger, so I can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> well, hell yeah, man. Um, shit. Yeah, so that's uh, going to wrap up One Nation Radio for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If not, I mean, y'all know we really don't be uh, checking for validation <laughs> uh, from that side, but we, we hope you did enjoy it. Um, yeah, but uh, make sure you guys are checking out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Of course, us One Nation Radio here on Sundays. Tuesdays, we got Keeping It Strong Style. Wednesdays, we got the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Every other Wednesday, we got Grown Men Watch This Shit. We've got NXT then sometimes and maybe. Um, <laughs> with James on Thursday or Friday. We've got uh, Get In The Ring. With Danny and Beast Mike. And Saturday, all things elite with Floyd and Amy. So um, make sure you guys are supporting the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Of course, uh, pick up your One Nation Radio Tees, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex. Uh, we're trying to get, you know, more sales to get more designs so we can start making this foolish shit uh, to, to put on shirts. Um Yeah, but besides that, it, it was another week in wrestling where... Um, you know, lots of shit has gone down. So make sure you guys go through the week and try to try try to conduct yourselves with class on Twitter um, and don't get sucked into the fuckery. <laughs> um, you know, whatever. But uh, a- any final words this week, James? No, nah, I would say that this is probably outside of maybe uh, WrestleMania weekend, the most wrestling I've seen in a week this year. 
And I thought, you know, I re- as a lot of it was really good, and I was really, um, I had a lot of fun. Um, like, I don't know how much, how much, if I can, you know, watch all these G one slates because uh, they come, they come fast and in, in, in a hurry. But uh, so far, like, this is my first time ever making it this far through a G one, like watching all of the matches, and like, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Now, I don't know how much, you know, if it's gonna be fun, like, come, you know, we or when we're at night thirteen, and then. Uh, you know, I'm like, oh damn! So like that happens, and then like the end of this month, and the end of August, I still have, I have the the five star Grand Prix to watch. But uh, right now, like I'm really enjoying it, and um, it's it's been fun. Hell yeah, man! Uh, well, that's gonna wrap up the show. We will holler at y'all next week. Peace. Later. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.